The college football playoff is expanding to 12 teams. That can not only help Texas A&M, but the SEC as a whole. You are Locked On Aggies. Your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome on in to Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every single day. It's Friday, ladies and gentlemen, which is very exciting. And we're going to talk about something a little different today. You know, I was sitting trying to think of something out of the box to talk about this morning. And it kind of hit me. It was like, we haven't talked much about this, the new look of college football when it comes to the college football playoff. And... You know, it was a conversation I was having with my dad a day or two ago, but how much this can benefit Texas A&M and the SEC as a whole. So the college football playoff is now 12 teams. It's no longer a four-team playoff. Of course, there was the uh, controversy with Florida State this year and a ton that went on, you know, Bama sneaking in, a ton that went on with the playoff this year. And I think this 12-team playoff is going to be so huge for the SEC because you're going to get so many more teams in. You know, you got to think about it. It was basically the only way that an SEC team was getting to the playoff without attending the SEC championship was if, like, Alabama would lose in the Iron Bowl and they were undefeated and they would just skip out on the championship and just go. Like, like, like that. That was the only way that it seems like a team got in because Georgia was like the SEC um, East was so down. Like if they lost to a Kentucky or a you know or a um, Tennessee before they were good, they weren't going to the playoff because that was just the reality. So you know that was the only way. Like if you were an SEC team and you weren't in the SEC championship, that was there was real no, really no um, chance of getting to the college football playoff. Now that it's expanded to 12 teams. So this is what I pulled. This is the final AP poll from last season of college football, the final AP poll. So top 12 teams would be in the college football playoff. Those 12 teams, Texas, Georgia, Bama, Missouri, Ole Miss, LSU. Think about that. That means that a half, half of the college football or of the SEC would or half of the college football playoff would be made up of SEC teams. You know, think about that. That's, I mean, so the point is now, you know, college football is, is different than, than, you know, college basketball. You're, you're, there's not as much of the, the team get, gets hot and goes on a run like you're going to see in March Madness. That, you know, it's, it's not quite like that. The, the better team wins more times than not in football compared to basketball when, you know, a team can shoot well from three and beat anybody on any given night. Um, so, you know, would, would LSU have made a run to to the national championship last season in a 12-team playoff? I, I don't think so. I just don't think the defense was good enough. So, um, now, I, mean, could, I think, could Missouri have made a run? I do. I think they had a perfect mix. I think the Bama could have made a run. Um, I think Georgia and Texas all could have made a run in, in 12-team playoff. Um, Ole Miss, 
maybe. I think this year they will do that. But the reason this is so important for Texas A&M, you know, I mean, think about in the old SEC format when the Aggies were in the SEC West and you're playing, um, you, ha- you have to beat Bama every year to to have a shot at the playoff. You know, like it's that, that's what has to happen. Alabama has to catch a loss from somebody to make the playoff. And um, for, you know, for them to not and another SEC team to make it really. So if you think about it, it's going to be, it's going to give a team like Texas A&M a chance. Now, will it be this year? I don't think we're not talking this year, but we could be talking 2025, 2026. I think Texas A&M can be competing for these 12 team playoffs. And like I said, it's not, it's not going to be the same as March Madness because I, I think that you're going to see those top four seeds or top four teams win more times than not. But you're always going to have a Cinderella. I mean, there, there will be a Cinderella every, you know, five, ten years. Uh, uh, the eight seed or the six seed is going to win this thing, you know. And um, maybe could the twelve win someday? Potentially, you know, that'll be it'll be interesting. But um, and you know, what's to say Texas A&M can't? in 2025 be a team you know in the top eight top six with the direction coach elko is taking this program right now there's no no one can sit here and say it's not a possibility with what he's done so far in the portal um i think he's going to recruit the class of 2025 well and i think he's going to prove he can develop a talent on his roster unlike the previous regime so um you know i think this benefits the the the, the aggies in a in a really positive way and yeah, I, I think you're gonna see Texas A&M make a college football playoff appearance, maybe or two, before the year 2030. You know, I, it, um, I, that's just the reality. I think every team, every every SEC team, except for you know the Vandys of the world um, and and Arkansas, until they make some kind of change, is gonna have their season. Their their one year where they can, you know, and and it used to be where you could have a good year. Like you know, like Missouri did last year, and it didn't really matter because it's going to be tough to make the playoff over Georgia or Bama or, um, you know. But in the new format with twelve teams, an SEC team can have that year. You know, maybe a loss to Georgia in there, and you're still a top twelve team, and you never know what can happen. It's, now, one thing it is hard to do in college football is beat a team twice, beat a team, you know, um, a handful of times. So, I do think that a team like Missouri, you know, let's say they lose to Georgia in the regular season in 2026, you know, and um, they play Georgia in the second round of the college football playoff and beat them. It's hard to beat a, it's hard to win to beat a team two times in a row in college football. That's just reality, you know? Um, So like I said, not only do I think this does benefit Texas A&M, I think it benefits the SEC as a whole. I think you're going, I mean, at the SEC, especially with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma. And I know that other conferences are bringing teams in, the Big Ten's making additions. You're seeing the landscape of college football and the way it looks as a whole change. The SEC is still the best conference in college football. You know, and, and you can't change my mind on that. There's no change my mind on that. So bringing in two schools like Texas and Oklahoma, who have been really good, um, you know, Texas really good last year, they're not as great years and years before. Um, but Coach Sarkeesian's got him in a good spot. Oklahoma kind of you know, hadn't had the best year, but it is a program that's been great historically recently. So, um, you know, a lot of good quarterback play over there. So, you know, this is the best conference college football. 
And it will it will not surprise me, surprise anybody to see BSEC have four or five, six teams in this playoff next season, to have the most teams in this playoff on a year-to-year basis. So, you know, all it takes now, I'm not saying it's going to be this year. I'm not saying that because I do think that Texas A&M can, um, you know, needs to do a little bit more. I think a little bit more recruiting, a little bit more development. Um, so is it going to be this year? I'm not saying that, but I do think there's a world. That's my point is you got to think about it. To finish top 12, you just got to win, in essence, probably. Like, you know, here's the deal. Texas A&M is 10-2 and two slash the right 9-3. and three. I think you're going to see at times a 9-3 and three team sneak in the playoff. Um, you know, and we've talked about Texas A&M. I think that the the goal should be eight wins. Think about that. If it, you um you you somehow win one you're supposed to, and you win nine games this year, you never know what what, what how the season's going to shake itself up. So, and that's what I'm saying. Do I think Texas A&M will make the playoff this year? No, but I think that it wouldn't. Based on the schedule, it wouldn't be the craziest thing to happen in the world. So. That's my point. In the first season of Coach Elko, where, where he hasn't really proven anything, just based on the schedule and some portal additions and, and stuff like that, there's a, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Am I betting on it? Do I think it's going to happen? No. Um, but, you know, college football is changing, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it changed when it went to the college football playoff uh, uh, years and years ago. It's changing again. Conference, you know, cha- conferences are changing. The playoffs changing. Um, change is weird. It's different, but it's it's fun. You know, it's going to be fun seeing twelve teams battle to win a national championship. It is so, um, and I think Texas A and M is going to be on the right side of that twelve team playoff sooner than later. So, um, I'm excited about it. I, I think it, it gives you know some of the SEC teams three through six a chance now to do something special when it gets to postseason time. That, you know, with the old format, they just really didn't have an opportunity to do outside of, you know, trying to win a New Year's Six Bowl. So college football is changing. It's changing for the better. It's exciting. And I do think it is going to help Texas A&M in the long run. So now that, you know, the first window of the transfer portal is kind of closed, I want to talk about some of these away games, the the games away from Kyle Field, and, and rank them based on concern to games I'm not concerned about. We'll have that conversation coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. You know, FanDuel's the app I'm using if I'm betting on sports. It's easy to use. It's fun to use. I love how they give you a profit boost and different parlay options, and and they just make it so easy to use the app and use it well. I recommend it to everybody. You got to go check out FanDuel. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a dub or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl, but you can also bet on which players are going to score a touchdown, how many points are going to be scored, and a ton more. New customers, join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. 
Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So, of course, unfortunately, you can't play every game at Kyle Field. I've been saying they should change that for years, and nobody's been listening to me. I think all 12 should be played in Kyle Field. But all kidding aside, I want to rank these games on the road, and we're going to count the Arkansas game, although it's a neutral site. But... You know, I'm going to start. I have these two games tied. So, you know, you got five games away from Cuffield. I've got these two games tied at, you know, four, you know, four and five, but at four, just because I have, in all honesty, zero concern about these two football games. And that is at Mississippi State in Arkansas um, at the neutral site. I, I just. You know, I really don't want to get into those two games because they aren't the ones that concern me at all. I I, I think that – now, I like the coach that got over there at Mississippi State. Some folks don't. Uh, Levy, some folks aren't excited about that hire. I think it's a good hire. Um, one of those where I think you could give him a couple years and he could maybe kind of flip that thing around. But, you know, but in the portal, Mississippi State, I know they went and got a couple linemen, but – Nothing that scares you. Um, same with Arkansas. Nothing, nothing that 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 really stands out and, and scares you for Arkansas. I just don't think these two teams are going to have good seasons. I don't. So I think that um, now are the Cowbells going to be annoying in Starkville? Of course, the Cowbells would be annoying anywhere. Um, you know, Arkansas. It's always a weird game, but I think last year Texas A&M kind of wrote the ship, kind of you know beating the brakes off the Hogs a little bit. We talked about how that game's always close and always crazy when we did a crossover with Lockdown Razorbacks host John Neighbors um, last year. That narrative changed a little bit as you know Texas A&M kind of beat the brakes off them. So um, yeah, I, I think that those two games are easy, you know, double digit victories for the Aggies. Um, and there's not much concern there for me. The game I have ranked third is South Carolina. Um, and then the game I've got ranked second is Florida, and I'm going to kind of explain why I have each of those games ranked where I do. South Carolina, um, they went and got a quarterback, uh, that kid from Auburn, the, um, the dual threat guy, um, Ashford, Ashford, Robbie Ashford. And, you know, I think he's that type of quarterback that he can have a game where he really kills you. But then I thought, I thought and, you know, sat and thought to myself and said, well, that means that he was a backup to who Auburn started last year, who was like the worst quarterback in the entire world. So how good can he really be? Obviously, the coaching staff over there didn't like him much. But, um, you know, a guy like that who can run really well, you just never know the day that he's gonna gonna uh, he's gonna get some run for a whole bunch of long touchdowns, whatever he's gonna do. So, um, but that's rank number three for me, just because I I think that playing in the swamp is more concerning than playing at South Carolina in Columbia. Um, you know, sandstorms cool, it's great, it's good atmosphere, but the swamp is scarier to me. Um, Roster-wise, I think these two football teams 
are similar a little bit. I think Florida's better, um, but I do think Beamer's a better football coach than Napier, um, which is crazy because I really thought, you know, I, as, I, as I always say, I'll, I'll admit when I'm wrong, and I really thought Napier was going to do well at Florida. Um, I, and once again, with the schedule that the Gators have this year, I am pretty confident he will be fired before the season ends, and I don't think it's really going to be his fault. You know, I mean, I think nobody – Nobody could succeed with that schedule. It'd be nearly impossible with how difficult um, Florida's schedule is this year. But and South Carolina's three. I mean, you, you know, you, you, it's just going to be hard. You're losing a veteran quarterback. It's going to be hard to really have a good season. Um, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll maybe win a game they're not supposed to, you know, like they do every year. I think they'll be a fine football team. They're not going to be good. I don't think they'll be terrible. But I, I think that Texas A&M is, is going to be better than they are. And then Florida, you know, kind of getting in, into Florida, playing in the swamp does always terrify me. It's a great atmosphere. Um, one of the best in the SEC, one of the best in college football, right up there with Kyle Field. So um, I don't like having to play there. It's a tough environment. I think that, um, you know, it, it, it's a team that, it, it, same as South Carolina, going to be fine. You know, you got Mertz, and I think he's a – you know, mid quarterback who can win football games. I mean, you know, he's not, um, he's, he, he's fine. He's not good. He, he's not a top five guy, but he's not a, a bottom five guy. You know, he's, he's, he's a, a middle of the road SEC quarterback kind of, you know, where folks have Wigman ranked right now. Um, but I think the upside of course for Wigman is, is much, much higher than the upside for Mertz. But point is, you know, Mertz is a fine SEC quarterback who can go and win some games. You know, there's no, no, no debate there. It's a fact. Um, so I have that ranked too, mostly because of the atmosphere there. And I do think having an older quarterback in Mertz, you know, it's not always easy to beat a veteran quarterback playing at home. They played well at home last year. So, um, you know, that's, that's not going to be a cakewalk for the Aggies, but then the number one game I have in, in, to me, this, this isn't even really debatable is at Auburn playing at Auburn is always difficult. Um, you know, I, I was, I think Hugh Freeze was the right hire for Auburn. Um, I think it's weird. They've had like a ton of coach turnover over there. Um, a lot of turnover in the coaching staff over there. So kind of like, is that going to be hard on the players? What's going on over there? I don't know much what's going on, but, um, you know, I do think that that coach turnover, is it going to be hard for players to learn a new system? Is is Hugh Freeze going to call plays? Are they going to have a Jimbo Fisher, uh, Bobby Petrino situation on their hands? It's interesting, but you know they did bring in a really good recruiting class with a lot of five star talent, good quarterback, good receivers, some good linebackers. Um, they didn't do much in the portal, which tells me that they're planning to rely on some of their young guys. Um, so, you know, portal-wise, I mean, you know, South Carolina and Florida both are kind of, eh, you know, fine. All these teams didn't have, you know, an Ole Miss, a Texas A&M type of transfer portal class, but you know, they brought some guys in that will help your football team. Um, but Auburn, I mean, you know, I mean, it sounds like if Peyton Thorne is going to be their starting quarterback again, and he is horrendously awful. So, uh, you know, playing at Auburn, it, it's funny because I, I think that they're they're – one of the teams that is the bet they play really well at home. Um, they're hard to beat there. So can Texas A&M go to Auburn and win that game? I think it's going to be a tough one. I think it's going to be the most difficult. 
I mean, I think it would, I think Texas A&M really can go five and zero away from Kyle Field, but that Auburn game is going to be the one that's tough to take, especially remembering that the Longhorns are the next game on the schedule. You got to make sure you're not, you know, your, your your focus is on the Auburn game. You're not looking ahead to that Texas game as much as the team's going to be fired up and pumped up for that game. You don't want to look ahead to that Texas game. So um, that's kind of what I wrote here. Is like it's a lot, you could argue it's a little bit of a trap game, a road game, um, which you likely be an underdog in, but I think that you can win. Um, and you'll, you know, it's going to be hard to not think about the Longhorns. You know, it's the most probably anticipated game in all college football next season. So um, that's kind of my my ranking there of the five games away from Kyle Field. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the Aggies fare in those games, but yeah, I mean, if, if you go five and oh, and I think even four and one in those games, then I think eight wins is very much on the table. You just have to win a couple games. You maybe aren't supposed to, and then eight and nine wins are on the table for this football team. So that is a look at the away schedule and kind of thoughts after the portal um, and my concern for those football games. Got a couple of mailbag questions, one about a little bit of hoop talk and one about where my head's at with Coach Elko. A couple fun questions to answer here, and we will do that coming up right here on Locked On Aggies. So, First question, and I wanted to talk a little bit of hoop, is my level of concern for this team. If a 10 is, you know, hit the panic button and a zero is no concern, say I'm probably a seven. I think that this team does a lot really well, a lot of the little things really well that matters, that, you know, offensive rebounds. Um, you know, those kind of things matter, but then they do a lot of things, of little things, not well, make your free throws. Uh, they don't do that. They aren't shooting the ball. Well, um, you know, Wade Taylor, as good as he's been, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's shooting the ball a ton and, and, you know, they're not all going down. Um, you know, him and boots are really the entire offense for this team. So I'm concerned, but I am a believer that, if the shots start falling, anything can happen. You know, that's just, that's the reality here. I mean, you know, in college basketball, if you get hot at the right time, you know, you never know what can happen. Kind of like we saw with the team that made a run in the SEC tournament. If you get hot at that time, at the right time, anything in the world can happen for college basketball teams. So, um, that's why my concern is not an eight or a nine. It's a seven because I just am holding out belief that this team can maybe turn it around, shooting from deep, um, making their free throws, doing the little things like that. If they can do that, this team will be just fine. If they can't do that, there's definitely some long-term concerns about this team. And, you know, the last thing I want to add is, you know, I think folks are going to be awful quick to be upset about buzz, you know, in that – I think that, you know, and it's kind of what's going on in Arkansas right now with Musselman. I mean, you can just have a bad season. You can you can recruit a team, and it just doesn't end up being the right the right team, the right fit, the right all that. And I kind of think that's a little bit what's going on here 
with this Texas A&M team. I just think, um, you know, the the it hasn't fit around Wade Taylor and Boots Radford. I mean, you know, um, and that's going to happen. So I'm not – I mean, you know, you, you can be upset with Buzz because this was supposed to be a really good year, but stuff happens. You know, once again, same thing with Arkansas. They're supposed to be a top team in the conference, and they've been really bad. Texas A&M has played a really tough schedule, and – They've lost some games they should have won. Maybe you could argue won a couple a game or two they they shouldn't have won. Um, but they've just got to find a way to keep winning, scrapping, clawing, and fighting, and winning some close basketball games, and, and hopefully sneak into the tournament. And you never know. That's my point. If this team can just sneak in, you never know. So that's kind of where my head's at. Level concern right now for this team. Um, and then so. I got a really good question. This was a, a Twitter DM actually, and it was a really good question. How has my opinion on Elko, on Coach Mike Elko, changed through the first? Well, let's think about this. You know, he was, I mean, about about two months, you know, two months of his his time at Texas A and M. Um, I'm honest with you, it has changed a lot. If y'all remember me talking about Coach Elko, um, with during before he was hired, I wasn't. You know, I wasn't really bought in. I'm not going to lie to you. There were some more shiny names that I liked better when it came to the Texas A&M coaching job. Um, Michael Elko ended up being the guy, and I've I've been pleasantly wrong. I think that he's done a good job recruiting so far when it comes to getting some guys in the 2024 class, you know, getting going on 2025. I think that he did a great job in the portal. He, he did a good job filling positions of need. You know, I was, I was, I did not want to be frustrated. Oh, why didn't we get, go get any players in the secondary? You know, Coach Elko did a great job of filling the positions that needed to be filled. So, I mean, I would say that my opinion on Coach Elko and what he's done at Texas A&M has changed a ton in the right direction. He has done a really good job, a really, really good job. I've been impressed, and I, I'm sold. I think his tenure at Texas A&M is going to be an extremely successful one. Um, I, I think he's a great leader. I think he's a great person. I think he hired a great staff. Uh, I think he did a good job at the portal. He's doing well recruiting. Everything that you need to do to run a successful football program, Mike Elko has done to this point, and I have been extremely impressed with what he's done. So, yeah, I would say my opinion on the hire so far has changed a ton in the right direction. I, I'm really impressed, and I do believe we just got done You know, talking about the 12-team college football playoff. I believe Coach Elko will have the Aggies in that. 2026, 2025, maybe, you know, but he'll have the Aggies there competing for championships, which is where this program needs to be and deserves to be. That's going to do it for this week here at Locked On Aggies. I uh, really appreciate y'all being here every single day. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. It helps a ton. And if you're listening on a podcast platform, go ahead and leave five, a five star review. That also helps the show a lot. I really appreciate it. Everybody enjoy your football this weekend. It's gonna be it's gonna be painful. It will be, but the Super Bowl is almost here, and that should be a fun one. Thank you all for being here. Have a great rest of your Friday and a great weekend. And we will see you on Monday.